Hello, this is R.J. Deacon reading the Supreme Court of the United States opinion syllabus in Department of Commerce versus New York, certiorari before judgment to the United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit, argued April 23rd, 2019, decided June 27th, 2019. In order to apportion congressional representatives among the states, the Constitution requires an enumeration of the population every 10 years to be made in such a manner as Congress shall, by law, direct. That's Article 1, Section 2, Clause 3, Amendment 14, Section 2. In the Census Act, Congress delegated to the Secretary of Commerce the task of conducting the decennial census in such a form and content as he may determine. 13 U.S.C. Section 141A. The Secretary is aided by the Census Bureau, a statistical agency in the Department of Commerce. The population count is also used to allocate federal funds to the states and to draw electoral districts. The Census additionally serves as a means of collecting demographic information used for a variety of purposes. There have been 23 decennial censuses since 1790, but all but one between 1820 and 2000 asked at least some of the population about their citizenship or place of birth. The question was asked of all households until 1950, and was asked of a fraction of the population on an alternative long-form questionnaire between 1960 and 2000. In 2010, the censorship question, citizenship question was moved from the census to the American Community Survey, which is sent each year to a small sample of households. In March 2018, Secretary of Commerce Wilbur Ross announced in a memo that he had decided to reinstate the citizenship question on the 2020 census questionnaire at the request of the Department of Justice, DOJ, which sought census block level citizenship data to use in enforcing the Voting Rights Act. The Secretary's memo explained that the Census Bureau initially analyzed and the Secretary considered three possible courses of action before he chose a fourth option that combined two of the proposed options. Reinstate a citizenship question on the decennial census and use administrative records from other agencies example, Social Security Administration, to provide additional citizenship data. The Secretary carefully considered the possibility that reinstating a citizenship question would depress the response rate, the long history of the citizenship question on the census, and several other factors before concluding that the need for accurate citizenship data and the limited burden of the question outweighed fears about a lower response rate. Here, two separate suits filed in federal district court in New York were consolidated, one filed by a group of states, counties, and cities, and others alleging that the Secretary's decision violated the Enumeration Clause and the requirements of the Administrative Procedure Act, the other filed by non-governmental organizations adding an equal protection claim. The district court dismissed the enumeration clause claim, but allowed the other claims to proceed. In June 2018, the government submitted the Commerce Department's administrative records 
materials that, the, that Secretary Ross considered in making his decision, including DOJ's letter requesting reinstatement of the citizenship question. Shortly thereafter, at DOJ's urging, the government supplemented the record with a new memo from the Secretary, which stated that he had begun considering the addition of the, a citizenship question in early 2017, and had asked whether DOJ would formally request its inclusion. Arguing that the supplemental memo indicated that the record was incomplete, respondents asked the district court to compel the government to complete the administrative record. The court granted that request, and the parties jointly stipulated to the inclusion of the additional materials that confirmed that the secretary and his staff began exploring reinstatement of a citizenship question shortly after his 2017 confirmation, attempted to elicit requests for citizenship data from other agencies, and eventually persuaded the DOJ to make the request. The court also authorized discovery outside the administrative record, including compelling a deposition of, the, of Secretary Ross, which this court stayed pending further review. After a bench trial, the district court determined that respondents had standing to sue. On the merits, it ruled that the secretary's action was arbitrary and capricious based on a pretextual rationale and violated the Census Act and held that respondents had failed to show an equal protection violation. The uh, Supreme Court held the decision is affirmed in part and reversed in part and remanded. Chief Justice Roberts delivered the opinion of the court. At least some respondents have Article III standing. For a legal dispute to qualify as a genuine case or controversy, at least one plaintiff must present an injury that is concrete, particularized, and actual or imminent, fairly traceable to the defendant's challenged behavior, and likely to be redressed by a favorable ruling. That's Davis versus Federal Election Commission. The district court concluded that the evidence at trial established a sufficient likelihood that reinstating a citizenship question would result in non-citizen households responding to the census at lower rates than other groups, which would cause them to be undercounted and lead to many of the injuries respondents asserted, diminishment of political representation, loss of federal funds, degradation of census data, and a diversion of resources. For purposes of standing, these findings of fact were not so suspect as to be clearly erroneous. Several state respondents have shown that if non-citizen households are undercounted by as little as 2%, they will lose out on federal funds that are distrib distributed on the basis of state population. That is a sufficiently concrete and imminent injury to satisfy Article 3, and there is no dispute that a ruling in favor of respondents would redress that harm. The Enumeration Clause permits Congress, and by extension the Secretary, to inquire about citizenship on the Census Questionnaire. That conclusion follows from Congress's broad authority over the Census. And as informed by long and consistent historical practice that has been open, widespread, and unchallenged since the early days of the Republic, NLRB versus Noel Canning, Uh, the Secretary's decision 
is reviewable under the Administrative Procedure Act. The APA instructs reviewing courts to set aside agency action that is arbitrary, capricious, and abuse of discretion, or otherwise not in accordance with law. That's 5 U.S.C. Section 706-2A. But it makes review unavailable to the extent that the agency action is committed to an agency discretion by law, Section 701-A-2. The Census Act confers broad authority on the Secretary, but it does not leave his discretion unbounded. The Section 701-A-2 exception is generally limited to certain categories of administrative decisions that courts traditionally have regarded as committed to agency discretion. That's Lincoln versus Vigil. The taking of the census is not one of those areas, nor is the statute drawn so that it furnishes no meaningful standard by which to judge the Secretary's action, which is amenable to review for compliance with several Census Act provisions according to the general requirements of reasoned agency decision-making. Because this is not a case in which there is no law to apply, that's uh, Citizens to Preserve Overton Park versus Volup. The Secretary's decision is subject to judicial review. The Secretary's decision was supported by the evidence before him. He examined the Bureau's analysis of various ways to collect improved citizenship data and explained why he thought the best course was to both reinstate the citizenship question and use citizenship data from administrative records to fill in the gaps. He then weighed the value of obtaining more complete and accurate citizenship data against the uncertain risk that reinstating a citizenship question would result in a material lower response rate, and explained why he thought the benefits of his approach outweighed the risk. That decision was reasonable and reasonably explained, particularly in light of the long history of the citizenship question on the census. The district court also erred in ruling that the secretary violated two particular provisions of the Census Act, Section 6C and Section 141F. Section 6's first two subsections authorize the secretary to acquire administrative records from other federal agencies, state and local governments, while subsection C requires the secretary to the maximum extent possible to use that information instead of conducting direct inquiries. Assuming that Section 6C applies, the Secretary complied with it for essentially the same reasons that his decision was not arbitrary and capricious. Administrative records would not, in his judgment, provide the more complete and accurate data that the DOJ sought. The Secretary also complied with Section 141F, which requires him to make a series of reports to Congress about his plans for the census. And even if he had violated that provision, the error would be harmless because he fully informed Congress of and explained his decision. In order to permit meaningful judicial review, an agency must disclose the basis of its action. Uh, Burlington Truck Lines versus United States. A court is ordinarily limited to evaluating the agency's contemporaneous explanation in light of the existing administrative record. That's uh, Vermont Yankee Nuclear Power 
versus Natural Resources Defense Council, but it may inquire into the mental processes of administrative decision makers upon a strong showing of bad faith or improper behavior. That's Overton Park. While the district court prematurely invoked that exception in ordering extra, extra record discovery here, it was ultimately justified in light of the expanded administrative record. Accordingly, the district court's ruling on pretext will be reviewed in light of all the evidence in the record, including the extra record discovery. It is hardly improper for an agency head to come into office with policy preferences and ideas, discuss them with affected parties, sound out other agencies for support, and work with staff attorneys to substantiate the legal basis for a preferred policy. Yet, viewing the evidence as a whole, this court shares the district court's conviction that the decision to reinstate a citizenship question cannot adequately be explained in terms of DOJ's request for improved citizenship data to better enforce the VRA. Several points taken together reveal a significant mismatch between the Secretary's decision and the rationale he provided. The record shows that he begun taking steps to reinstate the question a week into his tenure, but gives no hint that he was considering VRA enforcement. His director of policy attempted to elicit requests for citizenship data from the Department of Homeland Security and DOJ's Office of Immigration Review before turning to the VRA's rationale and DOJ's Civil Rights Division. For its part, DOJ's actions suggest that it was more interested in helping the Commerce Department than in securing the data. Altogether, the evidence tells a story that does not match the Secretary's explanation for his decision. Unlike a typical case in which an agency may have both stated and unstated reasons for a decision, here, the VRA enforcement rationale the sole stated reason, seems to have been contrived. The reasoned explanation requirement of administrative law is meant to ensure that agencies offer genuine justifications for important decisions, reasons that can be scrutinized by courts and the interested public. The explanation provided here was more of a distraction. In these unusual circumstances, the district court was warranted in remanding to the agency. See Florida Power and Light versus Lorian. Uh, the decision is affirmed in part, reversed in part, and remanded. Chief Justice Roberts delivered the opinion for a unanimous court with respect to parts one and two, and the opinion of the court with respect to parts three, four B and 4C, in which Justices Thomas, Alito, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh joined, with respect to Part 4A, in which Thomas, Ginsburg, Breyer, Sotomayor, Kagan, and Kavanaugh joined, with respect to Part 5, in which Ginsburg, Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan joined, uh, Thomas filed a opinion concurring in part and dissenting in part, in which Gorsuch and Kavanaugh joined, uh, Breyer filed an opinion concurring in part and dissenting in part in which Ginsburg, Sotomayor, and Kagan joined. Alito filed an opinion concurring in part and dissenting in part. 
Thank you for listening. If you'd like to get a hold of the podcast, we can be reached at rhodesscholar80 at gmail.com. That's R-O-A-D-S and 80. Um, or on Twitter at Court Syllabus.